The East was supposed to be a two-team race between the Bucks and the Sixers. But I think there's a strong case for both the Celtics and the Heat to come out of the East. Let's go. Even with their two-game skid, I think the Boston Celtics can make a legit case that they can come out of the Eastern Conference. Why? Real simple. Boston has four players that can create off the dribble, shoot from distance, and also create for teammates. They've got four guys on a given night. Any of them can get you 20 or more points per game. Beginning with Jason Tatum, averaging 20 points per game. Jalen Brown at 19 points per game. And their leader, the guy, Kimba Walker, 22 points per game, five assists, four rebounds. Kimba shooting 43% from the field, 40 from three. So his effective field goal rate is actually 53%. When you look at what Jalen Brown has done, he's actually been the most efficient of the group. 50% from the field, 37% from three, effective field goal percentage of 57%. Jason Tatum has been more aggressive, but he's still struggling with his shot, shooting only 41% from the field. He is shooting 36% from three. I think Boston, with that kind of versatility, when you have your top four scores averaging close to 20 a game, then add in the glue guy, Marcus Smart, who gives you around 12 points per game, they're a scary team. But they also, the Celtics also fit what this NBA is about. It's about having perimeter talent. Not just normal talent, but they're having next-level perimeter talent. Boston is led by Kimba Walker, 29-year-old, proven all-star. But their bookends, their future, that's Tatum and Brown. When you get into the playoffs and they make it about half-court execution and bodies collide and stay more attached to one another, you have to have guys who can get their own shots. You have to have guys who can make open threes. The scary thing about the Celtics is Tatum at 36%, Brown at 37%, Walker at 40 Gordon Hayward at 38%. This is all from three. If you stop them, if you prevent them from getting downhill and getting to the basket, they excel from the perimeter. If they have a weakness, it's the same weakness that they had, or should I say that they've had the last couple of seasons. Boston still ranks near the last in the league at points in the restricted area. They don't get to the foul line very much as a team, so everything is contested. And while they're great shot makers and they have the versatility of four guys that can get their own, in the playoffs, you have to be able to adjust your game when shots aren't falling. You have to, find, you have to be able to find different ways to create offense. And one of the easiest ways to create offense when your team's not shooting well is to get to the line, is to get downhill and be physical and get to the line. They don't have a player on their roster like that. And when you look at the Eastern Conference, not just the East, but look at the NBA, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, look at them. Giannis gets to the line 11 times per game. The Sixers, 
Embiid gets to the line eight times per game. Miami, Jimmy Buckets gets to the line nine times per game. Even the Nets, with their recent surge, Spencer Dimwitty, he gets downhill. He gets to the foul line six times per game. In the playoffs, when it's more physical, you have to be able to adjust. If the Celtics have a weakness offensively, it's their inability to get easy shots. If they have a weakness defensively, they have no shot blocking and they can be beaten on the boards. In their loss to the Sixers tonight, Boston got beat up on the boards, 45-33. to 33. It was a close game. And this game actually revealed both teams' weakness. The Celtics can be a little too small, and the Sixers struggle on the perimeter because they can't rely on their second-best player to get buckets. Joel Embiid was excellent. 38 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. And they still needed Mike Scott to rescue them with his shooting on the perimeter. Both teams, I think, are going to look to make moves to kind of bolster up their roster, to kind of cover up their weaknesses. I think the Celtics are going to look to add a shot blocker. I think the Sixers are going to look to add another shooter. The team that's been the most surprising in the East, maybe in the NBA, other than the Mavs, got to be the Miami Heat. In Miami, what they're doing is very similar to what the Celtics do. They share the ball. They spread the wealth. The difference is Miami has seven players that average double figures in points, while the Celtics have five. Beginning with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buckets is giving you 20 points per game, seven rebounds, seven assists, two steals, taking only 14 shots per game. No, he's not shooting the three ball that well this season, but I think that will improve as the season continues. But he knows how to generate offense. Jimmy Buckets, like I said before, gets to the foul line nine times per game. And when you have a player like that, that can get to the foul line that much, he actually helps his teammate out because it helps get the other team in the penalty. So a guy like Drogic or none who may not be shooting well a particular night gets to the foul line because the other team's in the penalty. They see the, bat, the ball go through the basket a couple of times and they get their confidence back. Miami, shares the ball. They spread the love. They've got four players that average four or more assists per game. Goran Dragic coming off the bench has thrived in this new role. I think Dragic is going to be able to extend his career another three or four years if he continues to come off the bench, whether he stays in Miami or continues his career somewhere else. 16 points per game, five assists, 46% from the field, 40% from three. He gives you five assists per game. The big guy, Bam Adebayo, Bam gives you four assists per game. Just as Winslow gives you four assists per game. Kendrick Nunn gives you three assists per game. Miami spreads the love. Miami, very similar to Boston. Like I said, they're perimeter strong. The difference is they're deeper and they have a big who can impact the game on both ends in Bam, who averages 15 points a game. 10 rebounds, over a block, and over a steal per game.
On a side note, I think Justice Winslow is still another one of those players on the come up. Let's not forget, he's still only 23 years old, and his skill set mirrors Draymond Green. 12 points per game, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, can guard multiple positions at a high level. I think Justice Winslow has a real shot to be all-NBA defense this year and may be, maybe be even all-NBA defense for years to come. Like Draymond, he's got to work on his shot. He's only shooting 39% from the field and 23% from three. If he can get his field goal percentage up to a more respectable number, just say he shoots 43% from the field and 35% from three, he's going to make an all-star team, maybe two or three. This Heat team is set up for the present and for the future. They've got Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buck is 30 years old. Drogic is 33. But they've got that core of Bam at 22, Winslow at 23, Kendrick Nunn at 24, Hero and Miles Leonard, and not to mention Duncan Robinson, who's only 25. They've got a great mixture of proven veterans and up-and-coming young players. Again, very similar to Boston. Led by Kimba, along with Gordon Haywood, then you get the two bookends with Brown and Jason Tatum. Not to mention, even though Marcus Smart may seem like he's 35 and like a grizzled veteran, and he's got the soul of a much older player, don't forget, Marcus Smart is only 25 years old. That's what's crazy. It seems like he's been in the league much longer than that. I'm not here saying that the Celtics or the Heat are going to win the East. But I will say this for anybody out there that think it's a done deal and you can book it. The Sixers and Bucks are going to play in the conference finals. I disagree. I think these two teams with what they can do on the perimeter and in Miami's case, what they can do in the middle with Bam. I think these two teams are going to have a lot to say. And I'll put it out there right now. I think, one of these teams is going to upset one of the favorites. And don't sleep on the Raptors. Like I said before, I knew they'd be a good team because of the talent that was left behind and the culture that Nick Nurse has created, along with the maturity and the continued development of Siakam. And now you've got OG Anubi. Don't sleep on the Raptors. The Eastern Conference I know it looks like Milwaukee's running away with it. And look, they've got the best player in basketball, but it's a team sport. And I don't think, when you look at the supporting cast, the Bucs have very good players. But if you went one for one in terms of matchups, and you start looking at teams and went down the roster, point guard versus point guard, and so on and so on, I think Miami and Boston are better. Look, the best player in a series is going to be Giannis. But what about the second, third, and fourth best players? That's the true question. And that's the true challenge for Nick Nurse. Ultimately, it's not about what you do in a regular season. It's what Giannis and company can do in the playoffs. I don't, I'm not sweating on him. I think he's on a mission to prove he's better than what he showed last season in the playoffs. I just don't know how strong their supporting cast is. There are teams that are built for the regular season. And then there are teams that are built for the playoffs. I think the Bucks, in the big picture, when you look at their roster top to bottom, I think they're more built for the regular season. That's just my opinion. 
can Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons coexist to the point where they can win a title together? The answer is no. The perfect bridge for them would have been another star like Jimmy Butler, who they lost. If you don't have someone like that to blend their talents together, because late in games, you can't give the ball to Ben Simmons. He's not going to shoot. He can't make free throws. You need somebody who can get their own shots while still creating. That was Jimmy Buckets. You could also run pick and roll or high screen and roll with Jimmy Buckets and Joel Embiid. That's what made the Sixers effective in the playoffs. When you look at their skill sets and look what they can do potentially, you can't build around Ben Simmons. I don't think Ben Simmons will ever be the best player on a title contender. Embiid has his flaws, but I think most of the time, most of the time, his flaws are effort. Yes, there's a chink in the armor because his health is always going to be a concern. But you're trying to win right now. You're not planning ahead. You're trying to win right now. He's 25. If you're trying to win right now, Ben Simmons has great value. And who's to say you have to trade Ben Simmons for another 18-year-old? Trade him for an established star. He has that kind of value. There's teams out there that would take Ben Simmons for an already an established star. There are different combinations you can put together to acquire Ben Simmons. Trading away Embiid and making Simmons the man, the Sixers are going to be, what, a 42-45 win team? And they're not going to win anything? I I like Ben Simmons, but if he's your best player, you've got just as good a shot of making the lottery as you do making the finals. Here's my top five coaches this season in the NBA, and this should be easy for anybody. In no order, Frank Vogel and Coach Bud, both 22-3. and Doc Rivers, the Clippers 19 and 7. Coach Spo, the surprising Heat 18 and 6. Brad Stevens, even with the recent skid, I think the Celtics are much better than anybody predicted. They're 17 and 7. And of course, you got to give a nod to Rick Carlisle. I'll give him honorable mention because the Mavs, the Dallas Mavericks are 17 and 7 in the Western Conference. And they don't rank very high defensively. So that goes to show you just how great and dominant Luka has been this season. As I said in a previous show, December 15th is a big day in the NBA. Once that date hits, over 150 players become eligible to be moved. And it's going to be interesting. I think that, I've already said this. I think there are more than a few teams that are going to make moves. You know some of the names, the obvious names. Like Kevin Love, people are mentioning what the Grizz are going to do with Andre Iguodala. I want to throw in what the Blazers may or may not do, not just in trying to acquire Kevin Love, but what they might do with C.J. McCollum. I want to throw in what the Pelicans should do with Drew Holiday, with J.J. Reddick. This isn't about them not still being talented or playing at a high level. I'm just looking at these two guys with their talent playing on a Pelicans team that is clearly in a rebuild. They're 6-19. and And as talented as Drew Holiday is, and as gifted a shooter as Redick has been, they're not part of your future. Holiday's 30. Redick's 34. It just seems like the smart move for both sides is to part ways. And I know that's easier said than done because Holiday has another $26 million next season. 
and a player option for the following season at $27 million. But he's a young 30. And he's a dominant player defensively when he's locked in, who can also give you 19, six assists, two steals, and just under a block per game. And we all know what J.J. Reddick can do as a shooter. I'm sure there's some contenders out there wanting his service right now. I'm also looking at Marcus Morris of the Knicks. He's having a career year, 19 points per game, six rebounds, shooting almost 45% from three. He's not part of the Knicks' future. And I'm sure there are contenders that will look at Marcus Morris, like the fact that he can score, provide toughness. He has great value in any conference. I'm looking at guys like Kevin Love. I'm looking at Tristan Thompson of the Cavaliers, maybe even Larry Nance Jr., an energy guy. There are veterans out there that can help contenders in certain roles. The fun part about this is it's kind of like the trade deadline before the trade deadline. So we'll be talking about this a lot off and on for the next coming week. Next episode, we'll do more trade talk and we'll take a look at the biggest matchup of the season, the Lakers versus the Bucks. It's the Cypher next time. Thank you.